0: You don't feel bad then he says your bike isn't pretty cuz he took the seat off of his, his helix and what did I say it looked like?
1: Well you thought it looked like a toilet
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits at the Recycle Garage in
2: Sunny Zika, yeah.
0: Santa Cruz. So Peter, you doubted us this morning when you got here, and it was still overcast and cold. Yeah. And I said, "I just wait, just wait." I told you so.
3: Yeah, it got hot. Yeah, I started to suck. get courtyard.
2: trying to do a magnifying glass, everybody just gets skin cancer <laughs> <Yeah>. instantly.
0: <laughs> so we got a nice big crowd tonight. Let's get into who's here. This is Liza. We also have Douglas. I'm um, present. Bagel.
4: Aloha, Oi.
0: Zach. Here. Alan.
4: Here. Pat. Howdy. Craig. Here. Terry Go electric.
0: <laughs> Knock? Yes. <laughs> Cat. Meow. <laughs> Stan. Evening. Steven? Hello, hello. And Peter. Howdy. So, yeah, lots of new names. So, we're doing th- we're doing things a little bit different. We're not going to talk about what we did today cuz I, uh, you know. I didn't do jack shit anyways. I, I just yelled at Mike a lot about what a bonehead he is. Clean guy. Um, <laughs> Because we have, uh, this is a special <laughs> occasion, and the reason we have so many people here is there's some really amazing things happening, and again, we're so fortunate right here in Northern California that we're so rich in the motorcycle community and industry that right here in our own backyards, we got things going on, and I had the opportunity to meet this fine sir at the uh, Quail Edge event last week, and... Um, this fine sir would happen to be the one and only Craig Vetter, here in the garage. You want to say hi, Craig? Hey.
2: <laughs>
0: so let's. uh For those of you who don't know who Craig is, because
2: he's not in the band, right? He's not in that Pearl Jam band. Not, not any better. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's his brother. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna rattle off. Tell me if I missed anything here. Um, well, everyone knows you because you created the wind jammer, the fairing that I had on on bikes that. Anybody who was anybody who had a fairing Had on their bikes Notable ones would be oh, Prince from Purple Rain mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think there were some in the Mad Max movies I've seen mm-hmm. um, I mean You created the industry Which was something Nobody was doing um, But you also You were a designer You designed the Triumph Hurricane A bike that was in the Guggenheim Art of the Motorcycle exhibit it was. So it's not too shabby that's quite, that's, I mean, it's so cool. Years later, get that nice pat on the back, right? Like, hey, you didn't do so bad. Um, mm-hmm. you, but you know, you,
2: participation women.
0: <laughs> you also <laughs> designed the mystery machine, which, um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to the mystery machine. That,
1: mystery. Mi- mystery ship.
0: Mystery ship. The mystery uh, okay.
1: ship. I was thinking Scooby-Doo. Yeah, the like, mystery <laughs> ship, which is a that's very cool. u-
0: unique looking bike that I believe you designed to perform.
1: It was a a, a super bike for the street. Right. It started out as Reggie Pridmore's 1978 AMA champion bike, and then we put street stuff on it. So it's the real thing.
0: That is another little feather in your cap. You sponsored your own racing team with Reggie Pridmore, who... One, what his third championship?
1: Yeah, I, well, he was. He, I don't know, second or third. Yeah, yeah he was yes, good. You know. It was. It was the day. It was the. It was the time to be doing.
0: He this. was good, and uh, you did a little bit of racing yourself.
1: Uh, yes, until my wife to be said, you can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think people have heard that before. Um, you also then you took like a left turn and said, I'm going to design a wheelchair, which won the Boston Marathon Wheelchair Division in 1982, so that's yeah, something. you've
1: done your homework.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean you're a smart man, and you set out to do something, you're going to do it well. Um, but the the thing that we're here to really talk about is the streamliners. Now, people think of streamliners as uh, setting speed records, and they've existed for a long time, but you are using streamliners on the street. And Terry, Electric Terry, who's here, and, and Alan here. Um, Alan Smith? Yes. yes. That is his real name. <laughs> um, you guys are using these fairings to do amazing things. with. And Alan, you're riding a Ninja 250? Correct. So a gas bike, and Terry's got the Electric Zero. Um, I really wanted to talk about how did you, how did you get into this? this whole streamline thing how many people on this planet have caught on to this because i don't think there's a lot i think a lot of them are in this room right now um, yeah how did you get into this from everything else you did
1: Ah, well it really is all the same thing as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. i get into um, making fairings What my first motorcycle when i was uh... Eight, eighth grade graduated from eighth grade so I'd been um, riding motorcycles for a long time before I realized that I wanted to make fairings. And the idea of fairings came from an encounter with Buckminster Fuller. I don't know if anybody you know wow, Buckminster Wow, you
2: actually met the yeah. dude? Yeah. yeah. yeah, That's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, he
1: is. He was. Yeah. He Yeah, he was. Anyway, what I heard him say, and I used to follow him around, was he said, you don't have to worry about the future if you do more with less. Mm-hmm. And this was at a time when I had just graduated from college at the University of Illinois in 1966, 65, and um, there wasn't anybody doing anything. I graduated in industrial design. This is, I'm going to give you the long answer here. You, you, yeah, you, no,
0: you, that's you, what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and uh, there wasn't, in, industrial design as product designed. It's the people who do, uh, they design products. But it turns out most graduates in my class in 1965 went to General Motors to do hubcaps, uh, to do um, uh, uh, steering wheels, or they went and they did mix masters, or who knows what they did. Anyway, mm-hmm. there wasn't anybody doing things with wings or wheels or little engines, which is really what I've always liked. I've liked vehicles with little engines, and whether you fly or float or anything. I can't tell you why. Why I like Anyway, Buckminster Fuller said, he said, um, you don't have to worry about the future if you do more with less. Well, I already rode motorcycles and motorcycles already did more with less. Motorcycles got 40 miles to the gallon in an era when cars got 12. The cars people wanted got 12. And so I knew right away that um, my future was going to be in making motorcycles better transportation because uh, if more people rode motorcycles, we would burn less gas. Parking lots yeah. would be less cluttered. Roads would be less cluttered. and. That led to making my first fairing.
2: But yeah, that weight-to-power weight ratio uh, helped out a little bit, didn't it? I mean, that's probably what kind of lit it fire under you a little bit, and... Well, we we like our motorcycles because they've yeah. got
1: great weight to power. And yeah. uh, my brother and I used to talk about how the ultimate motorcycle in 1966 would have been a hundred horsepower Evan Rude liquid cooled mm-hmm. uh, outboard right. outboard engine, you know, <laughs> and put in a frame. And we that's how we thought. You mean
0: we, those things I sold at Sears? No, <laughs> yeah,
1: no, no, no. I'm talking about. I'm talking about you know a really fast motorcycle which is what yeah. i wanted when i was 24 25 well when we're 24 25 we want to go fast right yeah, we yeah. want to go out street racing and we want to beat everybody and craig want... i still want to go fast yeah <laughs> 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 well um so uh so i made um uh, motorcycle fairings that allowed motor allowed you to actually ride a motorcycle not get wet not get blown away Uh, and really like crossing country on a motorcycle. So you could do that with 40, 45 miles to the gallon uh, and ride a motorcycle. You really could do this and I liked it. So uh, really something really interesting I learned years later So I'm really too old to be a baby boomer. Baby boomers are from 1945 until what, 1960 or so, anybody know? (laughs) Stand, Stand. 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 Hi. yeah, (laughs) and and uh, but some for some reason. um, So I've got a, I'm I'm three years too old to be a card-carrying baby boomer, but somehow I think like one always. Somehow can't tell you, and so as a designer, as an inventor, as a motorcyclist, as a, you know, this is what I want to do for fun. This is what I want to do. It was, uh, it was what baby boomers wanted to do, and so as an inventor, I was inventing things that baby boomers didn't know they wanted hmm. until three years later so it's almost been my um secret head se- secret um head start you've been yeah a, you've been a little bit a
5: step ahead of the game all the
1: always been three or four years ahead and so what i wanted when i was making the baby boomers ultimately wanted so i had a head start there was no way you could compete against me <laughs> You just mm. couldn't do it. People would, uh, they would, they would try to compete or they would sometimes just straightforward copy things I was doing. Uh, and then I was just always three years ahead of them. It was just, you didn't want to compete against me because I just whoop you. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I'll tell you, l- oh, go ahead. I was gonna, just
0: going to say, and because this is a motorcycle podcast and we linger on every, every motorcycle topic, specify what was your first motorcycle
1: Well, my first motorcycle was my eighth grade graduation present in 1956. It was a Cushman Airborne scooter. Cushman made these things. Yeah, Cushman made these things that were designed to drop from airplanes in World War II. Yeah, yep. And they weighed about 500 pounds and they had eight horsepower. Yeah, it was the inspiration for scooters in uh, in Europe too, right? For Vespa. Yeah, Uh, yeah. It could be. Anyway, the interesting thing about it it was my first scooter. I loved it. It was my first. But when we had a chance to uh, tour the Atlantic Wall. In uh, oh, cool. in Europe, a couple of years ago, I found that there were two motorcycles that the military used. One was called a well bike, and it was made in Britain. The other was was the Cushman airborne; it was yep. made to be dropped. Yep, yep. Every one of Hitler's. Um, Atlantic wall structures there has a museum and in those museums everyone has a Cushman airborne and a well bike <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, it's because I think they just left them where they dropped them they were both yeah. horrible things but for me when I was 14 you know Cushman airborne that was my first one and that went to uh, Vespas and and then the Japanese bikes you know Suzuki's and bridgestones and and uh, Yamahas and you know all the things that uh, but all the bikes that I know and love are all bikes that are collectible today I mean, my my first really you know, I had Bridgestone 350s, I had Bridgestone 90s, and things that you don't, what do you mean Bridgestone? For
0: the I, young people, those are motorcycles, motorcycles. Yeah, not, not tires.
6: Motorcycles. <laughs> wow. yeah. and, and
1: you could actually get Bridgestones from Monkey Wards at one point. Yeah. Well, uh, they, yeah, there's, uh, you know, I know a lot about, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've. Known most of the people behind motorcycling, I knew John Emery, whose daddy, Lou Emery, owned Rockford Motors in mm-hmm. Illinois, and so because he went to school with me at the University of Illinois, and so he got my got my got my first Bridgestone, and uh, and they would mm-hmm. sell them to anybody that that had a that wanted them. They, they, it wasn't a really good thing for them. And so they so, sell
0: them to anyone who had money?
1: They, anybody that wanted <laughs> anybody had a business card that said two wheels. They would sell a motor. They would sell a Bridgestone to, and it, I think it led to problems with them. But anyway. So, yeah, you know, I go way, way back uh, in, uh, in motorcycling, and as I uh, uh, Terry and Alan and Pat both know, I spend my time writing uh, about people I've come across and, and people I've known and, and things that I've done. And amaz- And I realize that there's almost nobody to contest what I'm telling you because they're all dead. So <laughs> it, it's, this is getting to be a long time ago, things that I know personally.
5: Actually, Liza, this is what I was going to tell you over the last year. I've I've witnessed uh, two years ago, Alan and I and Craig, we'd be in the shop working on stuff. The last year, Craig sits in his chair, and he's been writing his autobiography, and I've read a couple chapters, and it's oh, it's literally wow. just amazing the stuff that he's gone, gone through. The, the stories about what happened in 1973, I, I don't want to say it, Craig, that to me of all the stuff I've read was just the most amazing, where you switch from fiberglass to ABS, and then overnight... The stuff that happened in nineteen seventy-three. I think everybody here would love to hear that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's 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 not just what I did. It's it's the people that I met, the people around. Uh, uh, you know, I got to, actually got to meet, spend time with Willie G. I got to spend time with his nice. daddy. Wow. And mm-hmm. I got to spend time with uh, Russ Collins, and I got to spend. Time, I mean, everybody that is anybody, Fujio Yoshimura, everybody that you'd ever wow. know. Wow. You know, I know these guys, and they we passed we we passed. Through life together, in a little bit, some more, some less, and it's really pretty amazing because uh, the time will come when there's nobody really knows these people, and yeah. could really, uh, really could tell you what it was like. So I spend my time today writing things that I personally know, mm-hmm. personally remember. I don't quote you know, like the, like Bert Hopwood wrote this book called "Whatever Happened to the British Motorcycle Industry." Have you read that book? You should. No, it's extraordinary. It's a, it's one of the great, but. I met him. I met Bert Hopwood. He was Triumph's chief engineer. And he was in line to be in charge of Triumph, and he got passed over for somebody else. But, but I met this man. I met this man in England, and he's written about the British industry. And so, I mean, I have um, my, and what I write about are things, the only things that, that I personally experienced. You can, I don't quote him or anything, but things I personally experienced, things that no one else could tell you. And because uh, I think it's important, so unfortunately we got Alan, we have Pat, we have Terry here down building streamliners in the shop, and I generally like to be building streamliners in the shop, but I'm running out of time. And if I don't write this stuff down, mm-hmm. I might uh, I might <clears throat> build tomorrow's streamliner, but then the, all the, the 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 neat stories and the interesting people that I've met uh, they'll they'll uh, they'll disappear. So I have kind of a responsibility I think right now.
0: Well, let's can you tell me how. Terry and Alan, how you all met?
1: Uh, this is a great story. You'll like this story. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for the last six years or so, I've been putting on a uh, fuel economy contest, and they was, I started out back at the Hall of Fame Museum in Ohio, Pickerington because mm-hmm. I'm on the board of directors for uh, the, the Hall of Fame Museum back there. And and, and AMA is is uh, is really my first uh, first love motorcycle organization. And I know people love to hate the AMA, but I love to love them too. And uh, Alan uh, was uh, rode his motorcycle back about you uh, know six years ago. He had a Big Suzuki was it? Yeah, Suzuki Bandit 1200. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice. And he was there with a kind of a streamlined box on the back, and I was there with my uh, my Helix with the yellow plastic all over it, and trying to drum up interest in uh, uh, driving the way we drive and consuming the least amount of energy. And uh, Alan took a look at that, and he said, "I'm interested in this." And by the way, I I live in uh, Castro Valley, and so I said, "Well, when when he came home, when he came down." I said, why don't you ride this, this Helix, this streamlined Helix? that I was developed, developing, and he did. A big smile on his face, and he <laughs> said, I, I want to make one. So he went out and bought himself. I said, go find yourself some kind of a 250, cheap 250, because that's the power you need. There's a, there's a whole formula of, of uh, that we've learned over the last uh, eight years um, about how to get high mileage, how to live better on less energy. And Alan came back with, a, with an air-cooled Honda Single, hmm. And I think he thought, I said, why don't you come down, we'll, we'll streamline it. And so he did. And, Alan, uh, what happened, what actually, tell him what happened, Alan. I-, I thought
4: it was going to be something we could do in a weekend, not, not uh, six months. <laughs> 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 so I uh, of off by five months and three weeks yeah so carol my sweet wife
1: became a hotel operator sort of and uh, we we took the spare bedroom and put th- well, there's three beds in there and then there's a f- another b- a bedroom and sometimes it's filled all the time and sometimes all carol does is make food for these people and al will come down and spend three and he's married he comes down and mm-hmm. spend three or four days down here working on his motorcycle and uh terry would do the same thing and uh, i sleep on
5: the couch yeah and
1: uh and then a couple years ago uh, we met uh, Well, Professor Richard Goff, uh, who's in charge of uh, design engineering back at Virginia Tech, who's also a motorcyclist, who's also an aficionado of electric motorcycles. He bought a zero because of me. Yeah. Yeah. And so now Richard Goff we'll send out a couple of students every year from Virginia Tech and that brings us to Pat here. So,
0: Tech Pat. Yes, yeah be
1: telling so he got picked or picked I'm not actually sure Pat how, how it is that you came and no one else did because we had two students last year so actually how, how was it and why was it and what's your story? Well so uh, I got
3: involved with the team this year and uh, I'm a sophomore Closer. Yeah, get closer. There There you go. Uh, Yeah, I'm a a sophomore at Virginia Tech, and uh, I just kind of stumbled onto the team because I was a motorcyclist all through, or I started motorcycling in high school.
0: And what do you ride?
3: I ride a Nighthawk 750, so pretty much the least streamlined bike in Maine, probably. (laughs) But uh, so I I started riding uh, after my senior year of high school and um, came to Tech and met Dr. Richard Goff and uh, introduced myself right away when I found out he's a motorcyclist. He said they had this design team together, and uh, they were coming to a close of their design process. But he told me to get involved the coming year, and so I walk in fresh-faced, beginning of the new year. And uh, I was one of maybe the, I think I was the fourth member of the team that had joined at that point, because the rest were industrial designers, who all ended up kind of flaking off as the year went along because they uh, came up with other responsibilities. So suddenly here I was, pretty much a, a rookie motorcyclist and a rookie designer, thrust into the role of captain on a team of ten people now. Take it till uh, you make it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, tell me about it. And uh, so we've been working on that for the last year. And so we also have a Ninja 250 that we're trying to put together in time for the July contest. uh, July 11th? 12th, yeah. 12th. And uh, so we're we're most of the way there. But uh, I'm going to be spending a lot of my summer weekends on this bike so we can be ready for the contest. But uh, when Craig emailed Richard or Dr. Goff and uh, said, you know, do you want to send anyone out? Everyone else already had jobs lined up, but then here I am. I'm still kind of scrambling for a job. And I say, you know what? I'm still unemployed. Might as well make it fun employed. And uh ended up flying out from Portland, Maine. Spent 17 hours flying and waiting in airports. And, uh... Now here I'm in California, and I'm oh, I'm loving it.
0: And I, and I wanted to point out that I met you yesterday in, in Carmel, and you were wearing like every article of clothing you brought with you because you d- did not come prepared for the Northern California climate. <laughs> so everything I
3: heard about Carmel was, oh, you'll love the beaches. Oh, it's so nice here. And I end up in Carmel, California. It's 50 degrees. I said, well, Surprise, sucker. <laughs> yeah, I could have stayed in Maine for this. Seriously, guys, come on.
1: <laughs> well, our deal was with these students is you send students out, and we will teach them everything we need. No, but then they got to work really hard, and and so, in all fairness, he really Pat really hasn't had time to do anything except uh, drive my number two Helix over the grade and back, and uh, with a paper because, bag on my head,
3: yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, no <laughs> eye holes. <laughs> Carol won't even be seen on a Helix. I mean, you know, Honda Helix. Uh, Honda probably put their best engineers on that on that motorcycle. It's really well done, but they put their worst stylist on it. <laughs> There's, now Terry, Terry's a good story yeah. uh, <clears throat> Terry he, you know he bought he bought his zero new himself not knowing anybody not knowing anybody in the industry in 212 down in Florida and uh, Terry is very competitive Terry uh, apparently fell in love with this thing and decided that uh, that he was a pioneer uh, in in electric vehicles and he's also uh, internet savvy and he's on facebook and some of the other people i know on facebook said they they sent me a note said craig you got this guy coming from california coming from florida to california he wants to set a cross-country record and uh... he's just driving a standard zero and he's going to come probably to santa cruz where uh, to uh, 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 scott's valley where zero is and you ought to i think you ought to get to know him a guy named craig schultz back in uh, michigan so I said, okay. So I chased this guy down and said, you know, when you pass by, uh, Carmel, stop and see us. Well, <coughs> I wouldn't streamline your bike. The guy okay, said, you, you know, you don't re- you don't understand that you want to set records. If we put streamlining on your on your stock zero, I think you'll go twice as far on the batteries as you will right now at 70 miles an hour. And he stopped by. We stopped at Baja Cantina down in Carmel. It was love at first sight. Terry and I
5: understood each other. I just admired him for doing crazy things like. He's like not wine. on Facebook, but his wife Carol is. Carol sent me a message. I saw the last name Vetter. He had no idea. I've known who he was for years, and so all of a sudden he said, "I want to streamline their bike." He's like, "I want to streamline my bike too." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so.
1: so, so we had a couple beers at the Baja Cantina, and and uh, and I explained to him that uh, uh, he, we really need to streamline his motorcycle, and that he should come down and, and plan to basically live there for a while, which he did. And uh, he, we learned from each other. I learned about electric motorcycles, and he learned about streamlining and working in a shop. And we both learned together something we'd already learned with Alan's motorcycle, which is uh, when Alan drives side by side in two identical ninjas side by side, went from uh, Las Vegas to Barstow backwards. You know, it used to be Barstow to Las Vegas racing. <laughs> yeah. We we capitalize on that. You know, we we, we uh, uh, you know use the name because everyone knows it. Go backwards, two hundred and fifty miles from Las Vegas to Barstow. Alan driving side by side with another ninja. Um, doubled the distance that his ninja will go uh, on a gallon of gas. Like the the ninja driving side-by-side got, side uh, what, 50, some 50 miles to the gallon. It was uh, Paul Goley yeah, on a stock. 52, yeah, two hundred fifty-two, 52, something yeah. like that. At the end of the day, driving side-by-side side at 70 miles an hour. Alan got 100 miles to the gallon, and it was the same bike, just streamlined. The same bike, just streamlined. Sitting up, but Alan carried four bags of groceries, too. So it was very significant. So when I met Terry... You know, the big question was, will this work with electric? Because it's common knowledge that that electric bikes really don't go very far on a battery. The the issue is you can't carry enough energy with you.
0: That's the number one reason people say that they're not ready to get one.
1: Yeah, well now now with what Larry and I and Alan and and you know other other handful of people who are uh, streamlining motorcycles actually going out and driving them side by side because that's the only way you can really tell is to drive side by side in the same weather conditions, the same roads, the same hills, and you, you don't do this computer simulation now. Maybe Pat will argue about that because he are a engineer. He's going to be one pretty soon. Uh, I, I uh, the road is our wind tunnel. Right. We don't do anything theoretical. We talk about. it. We go out and see what it's like. We really drive and drive side by side. I kept so.
0: looking for the big fans at your shop. I didn't yeah. see them. Yeah.
2: No. It's it, it's it's they're, they're white lines on a black highway. Is what they are. Nice. So it's really a designer's intuitive eye kind of a thing. This looks like an egg. This will probably work. And and you're just kind of going from there. I mean. No, not really. No. Strike
0: one. I I
2: design things too. I want to know, man. Well, saying.
1: streamlining the whole idea of what goes through the air with the least with the least amount of energy was uh, learned pretty much learned by uh, a hero of mine named uh, Glenn Curtis. Glenn Curtis Uh, was a motorcyclist. There were Curtis motorcycles mm -hmm. back about 1903 or so. He predates Mm -hmm. Harley a little bit. Mm -hmm. Then he went on and made engines and he made airplanes. Curtis
2: airplanes, Curtis engines, yes. yes.
0: Curtis is the bike that's famously hanging in the SFMC clubhouse.
2: Mm -hmm. I was just there.
0: Yes, you saw it.
2: You see Mm -hmm. Jay Leno?
1: I did.
0: Anyway, it was a cool
2: bike.
1: Well, Curtis actually went—I want to say 100 and I don't know—20 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour in 1911 on a V8-powered motorcycle. He yeah, made himself; amazing. he drove himself down Orlando, hmm, yeah. or, Ormond Beach. Pardon me, Ormond Beach in Florida. So it, it made him a hero uh, to me a long time ago. Well, he went on to make airplane engines and then make full airplanes. And uh, the, the P40 Warhawk was a Curtis airplane. The one with the teeth on it, you know. From, oh right, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he was—he was a hero. Anyway, Curtis basically uh, discovered and applied streamlining to airplanes and cars, and mm-hmm. uh, not motorcycles. So we've known about streamlining since nineteen right after World War One. So we know, knock, we know it. Streamlining <laughs> is round at the front, pointed at the rear, yeah. and it's about the smallest you can make and still fit in. Right. And so, and it's all the same. Uh, it, it, uh, it, it, in, unless you're going, if you're going uh, 100 miles an hour, which you do if you're going 70 miles an hour into a 30-mile-an-hour wind, your motorcycle thinks you're going 100. Right. Yeah. right. Uh, so we do streamlining, uh, optimize for 100. Guys like um, uh, Dennis Manning, who's had the world's record, Bub Bub's speed record, mm-hmm. what, what, 360 miles an hour? Same shape, uh, smaller in in frontal area. Because the, the guy has made himself real small and he's laying on his back, but the air needs to be the the shape, the streamlined shape, same shape needs to be stretched out to about twenty one feet.
2: Yep. Oh wow. Okay, it's saying yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, uh, Akatif, Mike Akatif, with you know he's up to almost four hundred. Hack Yeah, yep. he's mm-hmm. maybe uh, another foot longer or so. But faster you go, the longer the shape has to be. But the shapes for a hundred are about eleven feet long. So okay, and they're all and they're just round at the front and they're. Pointed at the rear, and they're okay. big enough to fit in, and they're about 11 feet long. Now, if 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 energy uh, the energy and in in, uh, in in for for gas is cheap right now, I mean energy is you know it's, we're record lows for gas and for diesel. Yeah. But it's not that way for electric. Uh, the well, energy, it's cheap, the, en- it's the just energy is cheap, but it's it's, it's hard to store. And so uh, uh, Terry's a little, uh, you know, should be a three hundred pound motorcycle is up to like nine or ten hundred pounds <laughs> without him on it, but that's because all these batteries are very very heavy and it takes a lot of batteries to go uh, a, a long distance. Uh, it's a lot. It, it, gasoline's eight uh, eight pounds a gallon. Okay, <laughs> batteries. Uh, They're way, way, way heavy for the energy that they carry. Now it's going to change, but right now the only way to uh, increase the range of a zero, any kind of electric motorcycle, at 70 miles an hour, is to streamline it. The only way to do it, Mm -hmm. and there's only one shape. There's no, it's it's not, uh, it's not up for a vote. It's not up for, you know, if there's anybody. A listening and says you know I want to streamline but I want to do it myself because I'm smarter than those guys I know I can do it I'm telling you now there's only one shape yeah and 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 I've got the molds for it and uh, fortunately we got we got uh, dear old buddy Mike Corbin over here at uh, right in Hollister who's got um Probably the greatest fiberglass shop I have ever seen. He's got this guy named Nacho Ignacio. Oh, that's me. <laughs> running it. Yeah, and and Mike is
5: uh, he's real happy to help us uh, uh, produce molds and produce parts uh, for uh, for street. Well, you know, Mike Corbin was one of the original electric motorcycle guys back in yep. nineteen seventy four. Yeah, he went absolutely. He went what a yeah. hundred or one hundred and sixty seven miles an hour on an electric motorcycle. Yep, I think it was called the Quicksilver. He had these special. Silver oxide batteries, you know. Oh wow. I mean that's back right. in you know, this is a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, that was just yeah, I that, guess it was too ahead of its
2: time and it was a yeah. niche kind of a project and nobody kinda of Tennessee yeah, see or something.
5: Liza I, I gotta tell this story. When I was first here doing my first radio show, Craig, you don't even know this. I was talking about you a little bit and uh and Liza says, you know, I was riding through Monterey or Carmel one day, like this is like six or seven years ago, and I'm behind this yellow machine, and I was like, I looked at it. It's like this has got to be Craig Vetter, and all of a sudden I see these little flaps open up and these little feet come out.
0: You (laughs) remember this? Yeah, yeah. I was driving down Highway One, and there was this big yellow submarine in front of me. (laughs) Rolling banana. (laughs) Yeah, rolling banana. (laughs) Just like, what is this? You you
5: knew exactly what was, didn't you? Probably. Well,
0: I, I I didn't actually know at the time, but. when I told my friends they're like oh you know who that was but yeah and it was just these pieces of like strips of plastic like duct tape and rivets and Mm -hmm. yeah and then it's like well what does he do when it comes to a stop and yeah flaps open feet come out and I just I just kind of kept following mesmerized, and then to find out Oh, that's where Craig see, Vetter went.
5: So yesterday you got a chance to <laughs> see his... Sil- He's
1: still alive. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yesterday you saw a silver machine, which is a pretty yeah. pretty good looking bike. Yeah. But you know what? It's almost the exact same shape. It just now is more aesthetic than it was then. He was in the design phase then. So yeah. I, I'm still in the design phase now. So I got a little bit of duct tape myself here and there. <laughs> you
0: have, I, I call it pizza boxes on your <laughs> Yeah.
5: Well, we'll get to the point where we want to make it look pretty soon. Right now yeah. I've got to go do good things and... And you know make adjustments but it's gonna happen Terry you will never be to the point where you could leave it alone you will, you just it's not in your nature mm-hmm.
1: it, you, your bike probably will never be pretty you katana I'm gonna cry now. <laughs> if you start out if you start out with all new parts uh, and uh, like Ellen Ellen's starting out with all new parts on his second ninja streamliner. He's lowered the seat, got a lot invested in this thing. He's lowered the seat almost a foot. He stretched the swing arm uh, what eight inches um, 10 yeah. inches. yeah this is I uh, got the ninja low boy and now he's got all the all the latest refined fiberglass parts on it. Um, it's going to be an extraordinary looking looking thing, and we're going to take our time uh, making it pretty and you know painting it, and making it nice. But as soon as if you ever did that, and I'd like to help you do that. You got this nice blue <laughs> one out here, right? The newest, the newest uh, yeah, zero, 2015,
5: zero. It's wonderful.
1: And uh, you know how how far can you go
5: with that thing? By the way, yeah, at seventy, yeah, right around hundred miles, a little over hundred. At seventy. Uh, so it depends if I'm going to, I, I, I ride anybody that knows me. I, I ride really fast. Yeah. So <laughs> I really don't go 70, but you know, yeah. but okay. and it, anyway, I mean, the thing is the bike, may, my, my vetter zero, it may not look pretty, but you know, I've done a lot of amazing things on it over yes the last you, year too. Yes hey,
0: hey Terry, don't feel bad that he says your bike isn't pretty cause he took the seat off of his, his helix. And what did I say? It looked like.
1: Well, you thought it looked like a toilet. <laughs> so
0: that thing looks like a toilet.
1: Yeah, well, it does, but I didn't need to be reminded of that. You well, know, what Terry does is, Terry walks in and says, I've been thinking about something. I think I could do this. And so that's what makes his bike uh, not look like it. Uh, he changes it, and he changes it with tape, and he changes it with an exacto knife, and mm-hmm. and uh, then he lets you write your name on it, and he sprays it with black, sp- black paint, and pretty soon it looks like junk. Now, the air doesn't know the difference. Interesting. Uh, most people think that uh, you know you got to wax these things and make them real shiny. And I never s- have ever washed a motorcycle ever yeah. in my life. I don't. And I don't. It shows. I don't think that the <laughs> keeps air keeps it
2: together, man. Yeah, I don't
1: think the air cares if it's shiny. Uh, uh, there are a number of these guys sort of like tape them together, and Terry's one of them. And I think I actually think. The air is happy to go over some little imperfections as opposed to shiny things. I think it does. I don't know for sure. It's like like a golf ball,
5: you mean? No, golf balls spin. There's something else going on with a golf ball. Liza, you know something amazing? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm around a bunch of motorcycles like here you guys look at the bikes like oh man I don't think I could ever ride something like that but when I go somewhere like the Maker Fair or school or something <laughs> anybody under the age of like 13 kids they all flock to this thing they want to touch it they want to sit on it they want to they, they talk to they pull on their mom's pant legs say this is the coolest thing I've ever seen
0: well actually according to Craig
5: ah, uh, I know where you're leading the, uh, you know, I, I, I want to tell he, you he goes to Carmel there are more older uh. women that walk up Damn, thing.
1: well but it's not just older women here's what happens i go you know carol gives me a mail to go and uh, to take the po and this thing will carry four bags of groceries or a dog or three bags and a dog and i do i carry a dog around <laughs> the back go to the mailbox and uh and i when i come out there's usually a lady out there just waiting for me see and they say or three yup, or four yeah no it's usually one i say well what what is what is this and i look at them and Maybe. If they're older, if they're older, if it looks like they're older than I am, and most of them in Carmel are, I I, I say I mutter something. I they say what, and then I say very cleanly, and I get up close. I say it's a babe magnet. And they go, <laughs> <"Yeah!"> <laughs> <laughs> and then I discovered when I take this thing back to Ohio that young girls like like it too. You can't tell young girls in Carmel because they're just not there, but but. In, uh, young, young, it is a babe magnet. The streamliners are babe, babe magnets. I think Alan will confirm that. Yeah. And, uh, and Terry, look at Terry's Facebook picture. got oh, babes God. all around him all the yeah, time. So, it's not Terry. They like his motorcycle.
2: Yeah.
0: So, you sure? So, uh,
2: Thrusting through the air. So,
0: Alan and Terry, so Craig says that guys just look at it but don't ask any questions, but the chicks ask, ask questions. Is this true?
4: Affirmative, yes. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Nice. Very few guys would come up and ask me
5: questions. It's, it's the girl. Oh, I get I get guys that ask me about it yeah, all the that, time. That's rarity. Well, <laughs> I get I get both. I get, <laughs> I get a lot of questions from almost everybody. That, that's how I met Terry. So let's
0: let's get into the the Veteran Challenge because Terry and Pat and Alan are all part of this. And let's first say, who won last year? Was it who won who won the Veteran Challenge last year? Well,
5: we we had a couple last year. Alan 18. Alan won one at 180 oh, miles did. an hour. Yeah, in Ohio. Yeah. Then uh, I never made it to Ohio. I might have beat you. I don't know, but
6: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ellen,
5: Ellen, Ellen is, uh, is top dog from last
1: year, and we measure the uh, the results in uh, miles in uh, pennies per mile, not miles per gallon, because. Uh, how would you do miles per gallon for Terry?
5: You can't do it.
0: Right. Yeah. Do you, and you have diesel vehicles? Yes. Anything Electric. you want.
5: Fred Hayes. Yes. I don't yes. know if you know who Fred Hayes is, but he's got, an, he's got an amazing looking motorcycle. The thing is, he's just too old to crouch behind this thing, you know, all the time. He's actually, he, j- he just bought a Vetter fairing. I have a feeling the next time we see him, he's going to have a full fairing on is that. It like that allows you to PLR. sit
1: up. You don't have to bend over. Yeah. You sit up in comfort. It's important. You know, the, the, the characteristics, what I'm looking for, well, let's go back to 1980. I had just Sold uh, the company that made windjammer fairings, mm-hmm. but and one of the reasons I sold it for a number of reasons, but one of the bigger reasons was <coughs> motorcycles were no longer doing more with less. They were not. You could buy mm-hmm. cars that got 40 miles to the gallon in 1978, uh, and the motorcycles people wanted were less than 40 miles to the gallon. Well, one of the big reasons for for being in business was no longer here. So that's one of the reasons I sold. Right. So. In 1980, I wondered what is what is possible. What what? How much energy really is possible? To go down the road at in that time it was 55 55 miles an hour, and I started putting on contests from San Luis Obispo to Carmel, and we would we would um, dogfight. No dogfight. <laughs> we would uh, go from. Uh, 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 A Badana Inn parking lot Mm -hmm. to the real gas station here. It's 134 miles, and you'd have to do it in, I don't know, uh, it's 2 hours 43 minutes or so. Anyway uh in 5 years we learned what's possible we learned that you can get uh 400, 470 miles to the gallon going 55 miles an hour hmm. driving really oh. going 55 470 that's really Are we talking
0: on a moped what We're talking moped.
1: about we're talking about in the end it was uh it was tiny little streamliners okay you made you, you had to, it was painful you had to make yourself real <laughs> small and get in these things tiny little streamliners and they had about um, about 12 horsepower, between 8 and 12 horsepower. So they were oh, wow. they were 125 to 175 CCs. So to go uh, 55 miles an hour into the winds, usually uh, from uh, you know San Luis Obispo to Big Sur, it took about 12 horsepower. So we learned that now. We didn't change motorcycling at all because um, uh, uh, gas. Uh, I, don't, I can't really tell you for sure. Well, I think it's because the bikes were not comfortable. So here we are now uh, in the at the end of the uh, uh, you know 2008 and there, and and I want to do it again because uh, half the fuel that America uses now in vehicles is imported in 2008. In fact, actually two thirds of it was imported, and it's making other people rich and it's taking money from our pockets. And so I put the contest on again, except it was different. This year, this time, it was like you got to sit on, you got to have a co- motorcycle that's comfortable.
5: Mm-hmm. You got a motorcycle, you got to have a motorcycle that really carries something well, useful. Let me highlight that part. Back in the early 80s, you literally had to be in a crouched position, mm-hmm. like tucked behind this thing, and and when Craig first met me, I thought I wanted to ride that way for a little while. But to be honest with you, you can't. Nobody here, I don't care how physically fit you are, yeah. you can't do that for more than an hour. Yeah, this is You're a lot of. You're gonna be in pain. It's a just, lot
2: less mass appeal too, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. you're not gonna commute yourself into a ball. So
5: Craig's like, Terry, I want you to sit absolutely upright. I'm like, Craig, I don't think I want to do that. I, I, I want to be. Can we? Can we compromise, Craig's Like, no, Terry, trust me. Turns out Craig was right. Craig was right. You <laughs> and you know, gotta hold stuff too. So. Yeah.
1: So, so today, um, you know, they're, they're, we're we're trying to make to uh, develop motorcycles that you actually be your first choice in the garage first choice you go out and look at the car you look at anything out there and you say boy you know that that thing there is that vetter challenge bike is comfortable i can mm-hmm. i can go to the store i can i can do all these things i can stay dry i can sit up be comfortable um that's what i want now once again if fuel ever becomes precious or that's really what it is you're, you're and you want to go 70 miles an hour on the road and i don't if fuel ever becomes precious will you want to go on the road
2: <laughs> that really is really
1: the question yeah. well, are we headed to a Mad Max you know uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know I, it wouldn't be nice you know we don't, it's not a nice thing to think about well and There'll there's a whole bunch of cage fights there, there's another
0: question that we were talking about yesterday with Pat so Pat the bike that you are building at Virginia Tech it, does it have a Vetter fairing
3: we do have a Vetter fairing on the front
0: does it look cool
3: we're working toward awkward that. pause <laughs> 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 I mean, to be fair our bike is one that you know we work on on the weekends when we can fit in like an hour or two whereas i know that like alan's bike and and terry's bike and craig's bike these are bikes where you sit down for you know 15 hours a week and you sit down and you say i'm gonna make this a better vehicle today whereas at virginia tech we're still working on really hitting our groove and uh hitting our hitting our rhythms and stride so we can make this into a a cool bike but right now it looks kind of like a like a mailbox with a better fairing on the front. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, for something to become successful, it can't just be functional; it has to be cool. Terry, your bike looks cool, but with all of your attachments you put on, it is awkward getting on and off. There I've seen. Is. And then Alan, with your bike that's been lowered, um, uh, Craig taught me a new word yesterday. What's that? Kajubies.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> he said that because uh, you you've taken your seat and you've lowered it down and then you've got that 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 piece that
5: the airbox the airbox, the airbox you're going to f- you're gonna bust up your kajubis to, to, yes oh, it's man. to
0: protect your kajubis
5: <laughs> <laughs> that's why there's a big slope in the front <laughs> <laughs> you can over
4: it. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah I mean and and yeah Craig your bike especially with it it's aluminum now shaped yeah. aluminum yeah. it does look kind of cool it it, it oh, does look cool <laughs> Um, you're definitely, I mean, you're on the right track. Um, do you, do any of you see these becoming mainstream in the next 10 years?
1: Only if energy becomes precious. Yeah. Yeah. Because most people would rather buy, um, O-ring tires for their cars, or uh, spend money on paint jobs or mm-hmm. on their motorcycle, or get more power out of their motorcycle, or have a wider tire on it. Whatever is whatever is whatever is considered to be cool at a particular time, people would rather spend their money on that. Because energy really
5: is well it's cheap. It really is I brought this up about thirty minutes ago, we missed it, but before we run out of time, I really want you to tell the story about what happened in nineteen seventy three because it wasn't about what was cool then, it was what you had to do to survive. Kat's got a quick comment and then we'll come Mm. to nineteen
7: seventy three. So more so than energy becoming precious, the environmental wasteland that we are creating due to all the cars and all the gas and oil powered machinery on the road. Uh, do you s- foresee a turning point at which people realize that the oceans are turning a- to acid and that it's going to start raining acid you're bumming me out Kat
5: <laughs> <laughs> thumbs up cat. You that- you're speaking my language do well, so yeah. you think
7: that that's going to be a large factor in people realizing uh oh, we need to change now Or
5: no, we'll be on Mars by
2: then <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> But that's no, if it's a good question. Are you saying we'll be on Mars before people care?
1: Yeah <laughs> You know you're, you're asking no, I don't think people think that far ahead. I don't I, don't, I yeah, see very yeah, few exactly. people that think that far ahead. I, I, actually, it's kind of funny we'll be on Mars by then. I think there's behind uh, the whole idea of going into space uh, maybe because they also suspect that what you're talking about is happening and where are we going to go if we can't live here.
7: Yeah. And the people that are smart enough to go into space are foreseeing that the oceans are <laughs> <All right. laughs> and well, everything's starting to go. I, I don't. Yeah, it's like go to a
2: new bar. It's like ah, oh, space sucks.
7: It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. been dry. I,
1: I don't think there's much uh, uh, concern about that. Um, uh, even I, I'm suspicious. Uh, of the of the claims and the measurements and the, we're, this is rising and and uh, there's too much of this and, and it's being caused by Americans and uh, I, I think there's a lot of scare stories being thrown out just so we'll submit to. Um, uh, um, uh,
6: oh, oh,
5: oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, 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 control by others. Well, it's not a scare yeah. story. You guys saw what happened last week in Santa Barbara, right? If you try to walk on the beach of yeah. Santa Barbara, yeah. you're like, you know, knee deep in in oil going up to your legs right now. Right. It's this Even isn't a scare story. This yeah. is really yeah. what's happening.
7: Going past environmental t- tactics of whatever is going on with the environment, humans are dumping. Massive amounts of sulfur and oil and, and CO2 and yeah, into not only the environment but our environment that we yeah. are forced to live in every day. Yeah, it and seems it's like every,
5: every month or so, I hear about some massive train that crashes in a town and spills like you know 200 tankers of, of oil well, in somewhere. It's
2: not just spills but explodes and destroys the town. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and it definitely takes people with forward thinking <clears throat> to, to lay down the tracks for the future of which.
1: Yeah, you people in this room are doing. (laughs) Let me let me me put my my perspective in. It's real simple. Um, I think the the future is electric. I don't think it's petroleum. I don't think it's nukes. I think it's electric, and I think it's electric that we harvest from our own rooftops. Yeah, we there's there's no I I can see no downside to. Uh, learning how to live on the energy that we can harvest from our own property. The this this means that we're not we're not dependent upon power from anywhere else. I know Tesla
5: just created that house battery. Yeah. during the day, yeah, and they use it during the night. They're yeah. putting it,
7: they're actually putting it in a, a few select Walmart locations as well. That's cool. To test it, it's actually really cool, and they're make I believe they're going to be making that technology public as well at, as they did to yeah? their car Good. batteries. Sweet. Yeah.
1: Sorry, but does it really solve a problem to be in Walmart? Doesn't, shouldn't it be in our own rooftop? Right. Exactly. Because, because now, now we're dependent upon Walmart instead of yeah. PG&E. <laughs> well, well, but, they got to charge for that sunlight. Well,
7: th- what they're doing is Walmart's using it to power their stores. They're not actually providing electricity to other people. Right, they're they're just, using it to do basically a beta test yeah, to and, make sure and, that it can withstand. Uh,
5: uh, I like that idea. And to save money. It'll I'll eventually be over. on oh, your yeah. house. Yeah, har- yeah, har-
7: yeah it's, it's being har- put into houses.
1: Harvesting electricity from our own property. And then learning how to live on that is, I am absolutely convinced, is the future. My little, my role, very small, Terry's role, uh, Alan, Pat, uh, very small role, and that is um, to learn how to make that energy last longer on vehicles that go 70 miles an hour. That's it. Awesome. It's real, it's real simple. It's just my small little part to that. Now, what's neat is, is uh, Carol and I have a son uh, who is a knock and yeah. has decided that he's going to heat the water. Directly from the sun, and so he's sort of like uh, heir apparent to this kind of thinking in our own family, and he has uh, put up uh, a water heater driven by the sun. Talk and about it, Zach Vetter, paintball yeah. buddy
5: of Knack by the way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Zach Vetter. He used you used, used to be able to, to uh, do paintball with him, but not anymore because Zach's involved with now he's learning real things, learning learning how things. Yeah. yeah, learning how to live from from heart, energy harvested from the sun right yeah. there in Carmel. It's a big thing. That's this awesome. is oh, it totally This is, is this is not talk this is this is this is this is the real thing we're this is you know we're not sitting here crying about how we're victims we're actually we're actually these people are are learning how to go through the air with the least amount of energy and it it
2: seems like it's kind of obvious you have this giant nuclear furnace in the sky that everybody gets every 24 hours and it's like yeah, You know, why Why can't you capitalize and, on that? Why not? Can I also mention that you're doing this in Carmel, which is a very overcast area of the state, and you can still collect energy from the sun, even if it's overcast, just like they're doing in Germany. They're now providing 20 to 25 percent of their electricity just from solar
1: and wind. Yeah, that's a national product, a, a national goal. Yep. Uh, for, uh, for us, it's an individual goal, and I'd rather... I'd rather be, you know, make it individual responsibility. Sure. What if Zach walked in today and said, oh, yeah. "You know, we haven't had any sun at all today. Do you know how much water?"
5: What the temperature is on the water that that thing is making right now with no sun. That's exactly what I was going to say. You guys Mm -hmm. were talking about how sunny it was here. Overcast and Carmel all day long. The water temperature that they used to have hot water at the house was over 100 degrees on a completely cloudy day.
1: Yeah, I think it was 120. And you know what a shower, a happy mm -hmm. shower is? It starts out at 103,
0: 104. Yep. Yeah. So... When are you going to build your own electric scooter? And I'm I'm staring at Bagel too because Bagel was very inspired at your shop yesterday.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I will do it when uh, Zero is in a position to help me get started. Zero is probably at at Mm -hmm. the forefront of this.
2: I hear that Zero. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We you got two people here that that are trumping at the bit to do that so. If you guys follow yeah.
5: the electric terry facebook page there must be 60 comments a week about people who want an electric scooter really oh yeah wow just, even today look you at it you mean when they
0: don't sell at toys R us don't you just yeah. pull the cord <laughs> yes. the
5: bag? or at, yeah. at Pet boys they want they want a scooter that's going to go 70. Mm-hmm. 70 might be the max but yeah. they
1: want a scooter so i know a little bit about business i've been in an, and it's a, to, to be in the vehicle business in america there's only one person i know it's done it in the last hundred years and that's that's elon musk yeah <laughs> and there's mm-hmm. and there's nobody done it in motorcycling you know poor eric Buell just had to close the doors yep. um there's nobody has done it uh, i i think that uh, zero i want zero to do it they got a good head start yep. they got smart guys uh and uh, the time may come when they're they feel flush enough to say okay better you've been talking about this scooter now for three years take this thing and and Turn into a scooter. Make your dream scooter, and uh, and which I would. So that's really what we're waiting for.
0: So I, I want to ask you a question. Since, I you mean, you're you're an accomplished innovator and designer, but I want to know. Is there anything that you've created that didn't work out like you planned?
5: Ha! I've heard all the stories.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, probably most of them haven't. Yeah. But but the reason most of them haven't is because um, it's not that they're not good ideas. Um, you know, good ideas that are really worth doing. It's that there's only I only have so much energy to get mm-hmm. in. And, and at age 72, there's 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 a little <laughs> there's less energy now than ever before. And I can look forward and I can say, yeah, well there's probably going to be less energy at 73 and then 74 and lord only knows how many more there are but uh yeah it, it, it if you're going to be successful at anything you've got to you got to dedicate your life to it when i made mm-hmm. fairings i was it was me it was no wife it was no kids it was me it was no house it was no payments it was me living in a a big uh, uh, furniture truck in <laughs> yes. illinois um you know, all I thought about was making motorcycle fairings. That's all I thought about, and it, and there's a whole lot of ideas that would would work. But you have to, do, you know, to dedicate your entire life, yeah. uh, all, your, all your working days to make it make it happen. Now, there are there are a lot of things that I could see uh, we're going to be like. I, I will not do my own electric scooter right now because I know that the what it's going to take. It's going to take more. Hours in the day and more money than I have to invest in it, so right. I'll wait. I'll wait for a, a zero. There was an interesting thing happened um, back in 1970. Gosh, let me think about this so I get it right. 1971. Alcoa was a you know young hotshot designer, and uh, uh, I'm an old hot hotshot designer. <laughs> anyway, Alcoa was looking for a uh, young young designers to support. Give them some aluminum. Give them some money to get ads in Fortune magazine and I would pick, they picked me as when it was called ventures in design and they said uh, do something that'll make a nice ad for us in uh, in fortune magazine mm-hmm. and so I went right to this dream thing I wanted to do which is a ram wing it's a flying it, it's a it's, a, <laughs> it's a, that. And call it a, a flying <laughs> and call it a flying skateboard or you know if you're on a tabletop and you got a playing card and you flip it with your fingers it'll scoot it'll skitter across a smooth tabletop okay what that card is doing is it's squishing air it's a little bit of air between the card and the table and there's no friction and it'll just go right off the table until it gets to the end of the table and then falls. What I wanted to make and what I did make was a man carrying ram It was like a big card, but instead of flipping it with our fingers, I towed it with my big
5: furniture truck. Well, he, he hurt himself on this thing. No. He yeah, didn't.
1: I, I... Never got hurt on that thing ever. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, because I knew it was it was, uh, I just had to do it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and, I was
2: and, about to ask, what the, the hell are you thinking, sitting on that thing? Well, <laughs> it's just a real crazy uh, wing. I was standing on it. Yeah. Well, what I really thought was, <laughs> what
1: I really thought was that there it was. Possible? No, I just had to do it. You had to do I, it. I, I was That's pretty great. sure. I, I, I was pretty sure. Actually, what it was going to end up with was this. I was going to. Uh, uh use a motorcycle and just take the uh, the front wheel off just have the actually we saw these up at the dream machine what do they call them they're like they're like one-wheeled motorcycles with skids on the back and they all oh,
2: right oh the mud sled thing okay is, right? yeah mud sled. sleds, so i was yeah. going
1: to make one of those and i was going to have this long pole 100 foot long pole stick hanging out the back and then i was going to have this ram wing that i would sit on that would have a wheel and i would control this 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 motorcycle w- engine way up front control
5: it from 100 feet back Nice. And have it pull me around. For those wow. guys that are listening, this is like wakeboarding behind a boat, remote controlled. But instead of over water, you're over pavement.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that's that's what that's what really it would have done that, and it would have been and over water would have been good too. But I realized that uh, Alcoa said, "Craig, you're out of time." And I say we this has got to be done by September or something. <laughs> so I say, I realized that I didn't have the resources or the time uh, to take this really good idea and do anything with it. And and I'll uh, end a story very quickly. So I, what, what do you do when you, uh, you you're lost for something? You go for a motorcycle ride. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. And I uh, got on my uh, motorcycle, went to Colorado and back. And on the way, I was looking at what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And in the Midwest, they were baking, uh, uh freeways for you know mm-hmm. six lane freeways and one of the things they do in the Midwest in order to uh, have make overpasses is they dig holes where they going to where, where highways are going to uh, cross over each other and they dig holes to build ramps so that the, one of the, one of the highways can go over the other right? okay right. well they, they dig that dirt out uh, f- pretty close by in a farmer's field right along the road and it's those are called what who knows what those are called called borrow Cover. pits. In the Midwest, they're calling. That's where I was in Illinois. They're called borrow pits. So yeah. every time there's an inter- intersection in uh, in highways in Illinois, you get borrow pits on either side because that's where they borrowed the dirt to make a ramp. Right. Well, now these were all new at that mm-hmm. time in the early '70s, and I noticed that this water was uh, skimming over hot Illinois uh, summers was skimming over, and it was. Uh, 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 the algae was skimming across the top, and once algae went across the top, it putrefied, it, it, it kept oxygen from going in, and made the water stink. I thought, oh. ah, what I'm going to do is, <clears throat> for Alcoa, is I want to make a sun-powered water air pump yeah. on a stick. And so it was. Uh, you just you just make this thing out of aluminum. It aim it at the sun, and it was big. It was about three feet in diameter, and it was a solar collector, a big solar collector aimed at the sun. You row out to the middle of one of these borrow pits that always was going to die pretty quick. Poke it in the ground, and this thing was designed to inhale air and then push it out through a. a, a a, a rubber line t- down to the bottom of the of uh, of the, the barrel pit and so all day long when it got hot it would just pump air into the barrel pit hmm. and that would keep the thing from uh keep life in the barrel pit alive so that made a really nice ad in uh, i don't know November 1970 <laughs> Fortune magazine
0: I wanted to share with our listeners that the the Ram Wing we're talking about. You actually have a very nice website that's you can find out the history of Craig Vetter and everything he's done from cool to crazy at CraigVetter.com. But if you click on the videos link, go all the way to the bottom, and there's this. It looks like like old black and white film of some crazy young buck. Holding on to a rope on this wing, being it looks dragged pretty insane. behind a truck, <laughs> and just just wearing like no gear, just that little helmet, like no gear, big grin. <laughs> this is when I saw this. I, went, I, I like think it's th- like, really like the this most guy.
2: important part, right? But, but what I
0: love too is that you're like you're dragging along, and it's not really lifting, and you're trying. It's kind of skipping a little bit, and then and then it cuts to you like you're off, and you guys are just dragging the wing, and it it starts to take off, and it just does just violent flip and breaks into pieces. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: Well, <laughs> before it broke into pieces, it uh, it snagged the power line off on the right. Oh man! Uh, no.
2: oh, no. uh, you weren't going fast enough. That's probably the problem.
1: <laughs> well, I, you know, I was pretty sure it wasn't. It It wasn't. It, I was pretty sure it, it wasn't going to carry me. But I really thought it would pick itself up, and it did. But I wasn't there to control it. And yeah, you know, it's just, some things you have to do. You have to, you know, see if you Hi. do
0: it. I'm already trying to figure out how we can do it with with the scooter. Yeah, we can
2: figure. Well, we got the sleds. I'll show you how to do it.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> so,
2: uh, what's the biggest challenge of your career? Like the biggest design challenge?
4: Good question.
8: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, the biggest The
1: biggest challenge really is, and we already talked about it, is that um, it's it's. It, it's been very, very easy for me to design things that take your fancy. See, my, that that windjammer is really neat. That I really right. want to look like that. This hurricane triumph hurricane is really neat. This mystery ship is mm. really neat. Most people cannot see that a streamlined vehicle is really neat. So I would say it's probably the biggest challenge right yep. now is, and and at the same time I already told you there's only one shape. There's only one shape, so I can't change the shape. So it's going to be down to finishing. Uh, and uh, people like chrome. They like shiny paint. They like they like shiny. They like so it's it's going to come down to something that's finished. And doesn't look like a toilet seat. It, it's going to <laughs> be, and then I and, and I and uh, you can't
5: finish it until you're absolutely certain that there's nothing else to change. We're there now. There, uh, there's right. a saying called "form follows function," but here's one of these things where so a streamlined motorcycle. I mean, it does amazing things for my mm-hmm. electric bike. Does amazing things for Alan. So you think people would. Attach on to the things that do wonderful things, but streamlining is one of the things. Like people are just afraid to look like that. So here's yep. a situation where that just doesn't work. You know, at least right now it doesn't. You know, like Craig said, if fuel ever became precious, if we had wars or an environmental disaster and gas was hard to come by, everybody would be like, "They, I want to look like this." But right now it's just not the case. But the thing is, it does much more than a regular motorcycle can do. I can't store. I go to. I go to the. Try to do laundry, do something else, carry stuff on the that zero out mm-hmm. there. I can't put anything in those saddlebags. I got this huge... The naked zero, yeah. I got mm-hmm. this huge trunk in this thing. I can put two kegs of beer and and three chicks <laughs> in the back of that thing. Yeah, but not it. Does it Yeah, uh <laughs> So let me tell you an
1: interesting story. This is a true story. Um, uh, we, uh, I have, we're making a windjammer. I invented this thing in 1971, winter 71, 72. And we're making them and, and uh, we could never make them fast enough. And uh, they just converted over to faster ways of making things uh and the the uh, windjammer two, the second one, which mm-hmm. is vacuum formed and mm-hmm. painted, it was really dramatically I had, had one of those. Really dramatically different. Uh, here we are now in October of nineteen seventy-three. What happened in October nineteen seventy-three? OPEC decided to shut off the petroleum supply to the West. Yeah, yeah. And and Feeling suddenly, weird. and suddenly, our government leaders reacted, and they said, "Well, you can't. Uh, cars can only buy gas on odd-even days. So if your license plate's got a two on the end, then you can you can you got you can buy gas, but you can only buy eight gallons a day." Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, we're gonna we're gonna lower the speed limit to 55. Oh, but that one sucked. thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. But one thing is, if you have a motorcycle, you can buy all the gas you want. Oh, well, that was really something. What happened after October 1973? Every motorcycle that could be made brought into America was sold. Everyone. Yep. And and mm. of course we like big motorcycles. And the wind jammers were going on anything over 500 cc's. Every wind jammer mm-hmm. we could make was going on those bikes. Because my wife uh, Carol was in the office at that time, and she heard the story over and over. It was, uh, honey, um, uh, 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 you know I got to go to work tomorrow. We can't get gas with a big car, but if we get a motorcycle and I put a wind jammer on it, then it'll go 40 miles to the gallon. And and the wives would say, great idea. And so motorcycles took off in 1973, and they uh, and, and so did my company. My, my company has already taken off, but mm-hmm. it was it was uh, it was this totally unexpected thing that happened that made motorcycling and and wind generator fairings the thing to have. You know, what could you it did happen did? again? No, Maybe.
2: <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, you know what you did is you made you made the look of what a fast bike is because back then, before fairings, it was a naked bike going around the track. You have the fairings on it now. Now that that's a fast bike. It looks like it's going 100 miles
5: an hour yeah. at like standstill, and and whole thing just came from that, which is really cool. Yeah, all right, we we all live in California right here, but how many people have ridden when it's below freezing outside on a motorcycle? Yeah, you know sucks. when, when yeah. I lived in North Carolina, drove I have. below freezing many times. You want the air off of you. The, this is what the wind jammer did, and if you couldn't get gas in the winter time, you lived in Illinois or anywhere up north. You had to have this thing, you know. You wanted to keep the cold air off of you.
1: And it's interesting that uh, at that time I was living in Illinois, and uh, I, I, the windjammer was designed for cold weather. Uh, if I'd lived in California, never, you'd never had a windjammer.
0: Yeah. You know what else you can do with it? You could put speakers in it.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah,
0: oh yeah. yeah, I was A-track. rocking a windjammer.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they I love that thing. Yeah, it was a good time. But who could have who could have guessed that fuel would become not available, and who yeah. would have guessed how that would have uh, just just made motorcycling a big deal and and drug along the windjammer with it? Who'd have guessed? I I had no idea, but it now since I've seen that at least once, I could see that it could happen again well, if
5: fuel yeah. became precious. Why is you it, would, yeah. didn't it almost happen in 2008? Like, weren't we that close yeah. to like having a disaster just like seven years ago?
0: Oh, but yeah. then then they then say, oh, but we have some extra in Texas or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've always, we've always we've yeah. always been
3: able to supply our way out of yeah. just about every yeah. problem. What, what and '73 it? was one of those years where we couldn't Al- supply our way out of it.
5: Alan's a secret government spook. What's that called? The Strategic Petroleum reserves there and
4: yeah, in kansas area somewhere like that yeah
5: <laughs>
0: well and oh and speaking of of 73 it has nothing to do with 73 actually but you owe me a front fender
1: <laughs> tell me tell me well, about well
0: back in the late 80s i think i finally scored myself a wind jammer for my cb 750 and i mounted it on there and went for a ride and the first speed bump i hit i put a giant dent in my face because <laughs> I mounted it too low.
1: <laughs> what What year, CB?
0: <laughs> that was going to be an 80, I think.
1: Yeah, see, you probably didn't put the right, right bracket on it. You did it I got wrong.
0: It, I got it at a yard sale. <laughs> Honda, Honda
1: was one of those companies that, uh, that would change a CB750 twice a year, sometimes three times a year. Yeah. And uh, so if you're ever going to, Put a, a windjammer on an old Honda. You better you'd, you'd better know for sure what you know which one it, it was. The bracket was made for. Whereas if you were doing Kawasaki's, any 903 will right. fit any 903. They didn't change. Honda changed all the time. I'm not sure why. Well,
0: and that was something that was really cool about the windjammer too. Is it was was the same windjammer just with different brackets.
1: Yeah, and that made it. a good... I
0: mean, that's how, that's how you run a business right there.
1: Well, here's the thing. In nineteen uh this is an interesting story, uh in between nineteen sixty six and nineteen seventy one, I had uh every time a new bike came out I'd designed a new fairing for it, a new fiberglass fairing. So I had five different fairings and uh there was a black one or a white one so was 11 total you could have one time i had them all hanging up uh, in my my shop just like you have things hanging up in mm-hmm. here and i looked up and i thought boy this is really neat i've never seen one of everything before and then i thought if i've never seen one of everything no dealer has ever seen one of everything a dealer i'm i'm never going to be able this company will never grow unless i turn this this unique product into something uh that is uh this this unique fairing into something that's a good product, and a good product would mean that a dealer could order uh, a, the a fairing and know that it would fit anything. And that's what a windjammer was. It took me the better part of a year to figure out how to make one fairing that would fit all motorcycles, yeah. and I did, and that became the windjammer. And that's and that was there when the fuel crisis hit. A uh, dealer's at uh, uh, Patrick uh, uh, met yesterday, the day before yesterday, my first windjammer dealer his name is Dwayne osherman and he was he had a, he had a bmw shop at san rafael oh cool and he saw the first windjammer that was made uh when a customer came in with a blown bmw with this first windjammer on it and then he ordered more and he was ordering up to 25 at a time he knew he could do it because it would fit suzuki's and honda would fit anything because mm-hmm. all, all it took was that bracket the right bracket right. to make it fit now what that led to was dealers that would order a hundred at a time or a thousand at a time oh, wow yeah knowing that it would fit anything and they could do it and it would fit bikes unannounced that's how good that thing right. was but it didn't I didn't start out that way and I started out with you know this this and and one day noticed uh, and then you change it's important at the stage we're at today doing streamlining is to be brutally honest with what we're looking at, what we're doing, and, and why, aren't, why aren't people interested in this, and talk about it. And then uh, talk about what, what can, what should, what, what we should do to, um, um, to, to make it a, a, a good product. And it's probably never going to be a good product as long as energy is cheap and abundant.
0: Well, so that brings up, are you selling your Airstream fairings now?
1: Oh, yeah but they're kits and uh, you've got to be well you I presume the people that I'm looking at here in this room mm-hmm. are, are all builders they all know how to use tools they sure. know yeah. how to file and and, and yeah. glue and okay most Americans don't do that anymore right uh, most most Americans are they want to buy something already made and uh, there's no reason for me I don't want to be back in I would go back in business if there really was a market, but there is no market uh, because people don't really care. They just as soon spend their money on on fuel uh, mm-hmm. and look like everybody else. And um, uh, in order to streamline, if you really wanted to streamline your own motorcycle, mm-hmm. um, you'd have to buy the kit, same kit that Alan has, that Professor Goff has, that Terry has, and spend the better part of a winter putting this on your motorcycle
0: and we're, we're talking a helix a zero a ninja 250 i mean this is a range yeah
5: it'll go on anything yeah. you just have to you, fit the brackets aren't made to go on every bike yet that's what alan and i and patter do we we make it fit the bike yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well <laughs> alan's making the bike fit it seems yeah. like <laughs> that's the yeah. new
5: one
1: yeah. well you know and this it's is a, a good bit. time for anybody that really thinks you know this is kind of interesting this is a, a worthy thing to spend our time doing um You have to, let's see, how much time do we have?
0: About another 10, 5, 10 minutes.
1: Okay, I'm going to tell you something really interesting. I told you that I was involved with the Motorcycle Hall of Fame back in Ohio. And one of the guys that I interviewed uh, was a guy named Jerry Branch. Does anybody know who Jerry Branch is? No. Nope. G- right. Jerry Branch did Heads for Harley mm-hmm. Davidson. Yeah. He he made Harleys go fast. He's a brilliant person. brilliant. And I interviewed him once, and I pretty much knew what Jerry did, because he's an old guy and I'm an old guy. I said, Jerry, what do you do here? And his answer surprised me and changed my life. He said, I make uh, make, uh, engines make more power. I said, okay, I kind of knew that. And I said, how do you do that? And his answer was (laughs) the answer that changed my life. He said, burn more gas and air. Sounds, sounds simple. It's not the answer that I thought I was going to get. Yeah. I thought, you know, but basically he reduced uh, turbocharging and extra carburetors and high compression and RPM and he reduced all that to a very, very simple, very intelligent answer. Make more power, we burn more gas and air. What do we want to do today? You burn less. Less. We want okay. to burn less gas and air. And so uh, then that what we mean what it means is we need to learn how to live on less power well uh, i can tell you now with great authority that a honda helix does not quite at 17 horsepower does not make quite enough power It's a little bit not enough go up hills got winds Uh, it'll max out uh, at uh, 82 miles an hour which is a whole lot faster than a standard helix nonetheless uh, the ninjas are put out about 25 horsepower the ninjas Are the sweet spot for fuel economy. If you want to, if you want to be a contender, start with a Ninja, streamline it, and you will be instantly right up uh, pushing 200 miles to the gallon. There you go, Cat. At at 70 Mm -hmm. mile at 70 miles an hour, 70 80 miles an hour, but it's not a scooter. And there's a problem when you uh, streamline. You got this thing behind that kind of picks up the air from behind your back, and mm-hmm. you, and you try to throw your leg over. It. There's you can't throw your leg over because the stuff's behind. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. That's why a scooter. Configuration. A step through. So, yeah. So good a step through. You go over, slide over,
5: sit down, and drive away. Bagel, you have yep. a big grin over there. I can't see. <laughs> oh yeah. Gears
2: are turning in my head. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. yeah. One gear.
2: So. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <laughs> it's, a, it's a continuously variable gear. It's
0: a, it's a CV gear. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so what I'm what I'm hoping is that the zero someday will will say you know it's time Craig let's 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 build a scooter show us show us what you're talking about and then we'll streamline an electric uh, zero. And then we'll be there.
4: Uh, one thing I'd like to add about the, the streamlining is I mean, if you tell somebody you get 100, 150, 180 miles per gallon, a lot of people don't realize it. it just it's just their brain goes tilt. They don't understand that number. Mm-hmm. So I got 82,000 miles on my bike. I've gone coast to coast four or five times. I can go coast to coast on twenty to twenty-five gallons of gas. So whatever it takes to fill your car What? That's what I mean. What? That's what I mean. Yeah. People, if you say I get one hundred and eighty miles per gallon, well, that's nice. Yeah. But but, but you say okay, let's translate to something you can understand. Yeah. Because one hundred and eighty doesn't it. it doesn't make sense to people. Yeah. yeah so, if you
2: can go coast to coast on eighty dollars. Or yeah. Or, I mean, you can't do that on a plane.
4: I could, I could, I could fill it twice and get to Oklahoma to visit visit family. And no. you can take your luggage. And, you know, I take my yeah. luggage, my laptop computer, tools, rain gear, and cruise seventy miles an hour on the freeway and and, and make two two fuel stops. What's yeah. interesting is, stop is that Alan
1: Alan has friends uh, he rode with last year, and they had the big. Uh, dual sports with the giant boxes on the back and Ticatis, the, you know, the look decati yeah, motorcycles yeah and they were trying triples tell them about their concerns and what actually happened on this trip and you uh, as you said well I'll, I'll go i'm going to go with you with my streamline 250 well
4: yeah we wanted to see how a, a 250 streamliner would, would would go against one liter plus bikes, 150 horsepower motorcycles <laughs> and the problem the only problem was on the on ramps they, they could pull me on 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 the on ramp but after that it cruises 70 80 miles an hour that wasn't a problem i had to tell them hey if you guys get low on gas you have to stop because i don't go on reserve to 450 plus miles <laughs> so and i and i and i've a couple times run those guys out of gas because they're not used to cruising 80 across texas uh also they found out they get lousy fuel mileage you know they, yep. they, they're running out of gas on the side of the freeway and i have to go
2: load fuel on their bikes for them. How are the crosswinds? Because I imagine that would would really suck.
4: Below 30 is not really a big problem, but Mm -hmm. if if the Harley's blowing around in Goldwings, then I'm having problems too. So it's not really that much worse.
0: All right, so Alan, that's all fine and well, your little mileage accomplishments. (laughs) But I want to know, for all of you, how much faster does it go?
4: I know you guys are about the mileage, but how much does it increase the speed? I don't know top speed, but at 95 miles an hour, at, at... a little over half throttle no way! on wow. sitting, that's sitting that, up carrying all actually, my gear. Actually, awesome your,
5: with your gear, and I think a stock Ninja 250 somewhere around 100 miles an hour. 100, probably.
4: 105 if
5: you're tucked in. I think yeah, you, uh, you should test yours over at uh, Bonneville one of these years and see it. I bet yes. you, I bet you. No, you, you, you don't do want to clean the salt off. You no, no, no. <laughs> no. We'll, we'll do a freeway section. Mm-hmm. You gotta have
7: the backwind though. For, no, those, no, no, no. for the stock Ninja 250, you can yeah. get to, you I'll can t- 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 get to like 110. That's full right. You tuck, have backwind
5: downhill. I know we're probably about out of time, and I want to bring this up before we're done, but in in a couple of weeks we're going to be leaving Tahoe going towards uh, Santa Monica. Let's 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 spend a little bit of that time and not worry about our fuel economy and let's do a top speed run when we got a nice clear section. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well okay, since since we are getting ready to wrap up. First I want to say Terry, congratulations on your recent accomplishment. Yes the 300 and... It was 300.1 miles. 300.1 miles. That's
5: important, 0.1.
0: On (laughs) one charge.
5: Single charge, yeah, that's right.
0: But you do have a lot of batteries. One
5: big charge. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. I I have more battery than a Nissan Leaf on a motorcycle.
0: But you continue to figure out how to put more batteries on, including losing weight yourself... To, to be yeah. able to have more, another yeah. battery
5: Yeah, I actually That's got crazy. I got chewed out by Craig actually yesterday <laughs> he said Terry don't do it you're gonna die you know I mean he, <laughs> so but uh, we we argued about it for a little bit and I told him I'm gonna lose more weight and I don't know if he's okay with it or not yet. All right.
2: Well, well Terry, consult with me on, on the uh, nutrition aspects. I'll be able to help you out with that. I, drink, just...
5: I drink plenty of beer. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can just
2: do Pilates while you drink beer. <laughs> yeah. So
0: for Craig and Terry and Alan, coming up Fourth of July weekend in Hollister, we have the better challenge.
1: Corbin's. You... Mike Corbin's. Yeah, right. Mike Corbin's going to have a big party on the Fourth, and uh, so we're, uh, we're going to uh, do a hundred-mile ride. We're going to drive through town. And head south and uh, go out 50 miles, turn around, come back, and then determine a winner. And I think, I'm hoping, that Mike's going to have his new electric Sparrow running. He's been working hard Mm -hmm. on it. And uh, there'll be a number number of other people there that uh, have different different. And, and
5: Craig, it's okay to invite all, any motorcycles that are listening oh, to join oh, us, right? Oh yeah. yeah, you
1: know that's the point. Anybody who wants to come to the, uh, there's no there's no no money. You just come and be there at nine o'clock on uh, the fourth of July, and we're going to ride, and we'll go out, and we'll stop and have coffee, tell lies, and uh, turn around, and come back. But <laughs> but you know, it's a lot of people get started this way. They say, well, this is this is kind of fun. Uh, to think that, like what Ellen does, crosses the country on twenty-five mm-hmm. gallons—that's that—and uh, and what's the bike like? I, yeah, I could I could sit on it. I can look at it. I can actually <laughs> see him go down the road and see what happens in the winds. And and generally, it's nothing. Uh, there might be something here, so it's where the 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 new recruits come from. So you just come ride with us to see what well, it's like.
0: And and Craig and Mike Corbin is having an open house, and it also is at the same time as the Hollister bike rally. So oh, there's yes. going to yes. be. Bike craziness going on in Hollister. If
5: you you ride on two wheels, it'd be a good idea to make it to Hollister on the July Fourth weekend. (laughs)
0: And I know some of us misfits are going to be there. And then, um, how how many of you are then riding to Ohio to join Pat for
5: the next challenge? Alan and I are going to go twenty five hundred miles on our motorcycles in about five days. So, uh, sweet. Can, you know. Did you just hear what he said? And uh, Terry is yeah. going to ride his
1: electric motorcycle, uh, from the Fourth of July weekend to be at Columbus, Ohio the next weekend to yep. be at the Vetter Challenge. He's going to do that, and Alan's going to ride along with him, along with a couple of other people. But to ride his electric motorcycle to Ohio in seven days, five. Five days, but <laughs> he's going to take two well, days to rest. He's going to leave on Saturday and has to be in uh, Ohio
4: uh, for Saturday afternoon riders' meeting.
1: Yeah, so you know, mm-hmm. so whatever it is, yeah.
0: So he's
4: really going to do well, this. technically, we do this every summer anyway. It's, it's yeah. just we're just going to do it again. That's be another yeah. summer
3: ride. Yeah. Pat, well,
0: you're right. How confident are you in your vehicle?
3: Uh, I already called it a mailbox, so I got to dig myself <laughs> out of that hole first. <laughs> uh, calling the mail.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking, hey, hey, Doug, will you help me? Um, cut up some pizza boxes to duct tape to the sure. elite and I'll enter. Sure.
5: <laughs> you know, you,
1: you, it, is, it is not, you could actually you get rid of that. We, we got a guy basket. named Vic Valdez
5: and Al, yes. I'll let Alan say something. his bike, if you guys saw, when we did the Leno thing, me and Alan were there, Jay Leno looked at all these bikes. Yeah, Jay Leno loves how these bikes look but Vic's bike it is pretty much put together with pizza boxes. <laughs> you know? But you know what? Duct tape too. The, the air, does air does not care how pretty it is. Yeah, the, the air, air doesn't care. cares
2: about the, the general shape. You know what you could do is probably put a disco ball in there, maybe light it and
5: Right
0: here I have it. There them. you go. Yes. You gotta make it cool disco uh,
5: ball, maybe. Yeah. I have been in here many times, I've never seen that duck <laughs> That's
0: awesome. you, it, of course, it's right above the Spice Girls poster there's and the, the bunny ears. Tunnel. I mean, <laughs> and and the White House tour sign. There's there's plenty to see. Wow. So, um, do any of you have any other upcoming announcements or things you want to share?
5: So, Alan, in about three weeks, we're going to ride from yeah. uh, Lake Tahoe to uh, Santa Monica, and we're both going to do it without stopping. It's about 450 miles. Oh man, nice. Highway 3, Are you
0: going to use the bottle technique? Uh,
5: what are we going to do, Alan? What, I don't, what's the bottle? Uh, we're, we're talking about how to... <laughs> like, if you, I, I, I'm just not going to drink anything for two days beforehand, I guess. <laughs>
4: so, I uh, actually, uh, if someone has a 300-mile-per-gallon carburetor, I'm, I'm looking for one of those right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm already close to 200 miles per gallon, but I, I, so I need a bigger jump for the competition.
5: <laughs> gonna, oh. Alan's going to do it on his new streamliner. I'm going to do it on electricity. That's going to be the longest distance ever traveled on an electric vehicle. A Tesla, uh, father and son combo went 18 miles an hour around for 17 hours did 420 miles we're going to be going a regular highway speed so uh uh, at least we'll see I don't know if I can do it yet but I'm usually when I say I can do something I'm usually pretty reliable that I actually do do it right Craig you have so far and live
0: Bosley might be barking at the possums it is possum time Yeah, we got possums that live under the workbench that start to come out about now. So if you see yeah. a big rat, don't worry. Well, so I'd say to ra- it's just the possums.
5: To wrap it up, July 4th, yeah. come see us in Hollister at the Corbin Rally. And it's July 12th, the AMA in Pickerington, Ohio, Vintage Days. Come see us up there as well.
1: Well, and then at the end of Bonneville Speed Week, Bud Speed Week, at the end of August. What are the dates? August. Yeah. Labor Day weekend. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Uh, we're going to go with the longest challenge ever. We're going to go from Wendover. To Grand Junction, Colorado, two day ride. Two, mm-hmm. two, two day ride, and once again, just come ride. You know, I mean, it's a good, it's a nice place to ride.
0: <laughs> well, you're really doing great things, and and you you basically become like the godfather of of fuel economy now. That, and as we were saying yesterday, not that many people even are aware that this is what's happening, and you know, I said you're laying down the tracks, but you all are doing really great things. Nock, you got a question?
2: Yeah, I'm sorry to put Craig on the spot here, but since you're the guy that kind of brought fairings to the States or into the radar. The
0: world. The
2: world. What, is your thoughts, what are your thoughts on modern sport bike fairings? Oh, uh, well, they're just for looks. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, There's a look there that uh, people seem to like, and uh, uh, they're there for looks. They really don't do much anything except look at me. I, I've got the look.
0: Well, and, and there's another thing that you, you made comment of that people may want to latch on to. There's a lot of room on the body of an Airstream for something like advertising.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 there's nobody, but there's mm-hmm. nobody wants to be associated with it because... Uh, uh, so, better you want to sell... Yeah, okay, well, uh, how much more product will it sell that we have? Well, it's not going to sell any more of yours. It's going to sell less because we're living better on... <laughs> Unless, well, how am I going to sell that to my stockholders? Well, uh, we probably aren't.
0: So, if any of our listeners want to become a fuel efficient rolling billboard,
1: <laughs>
0: should they go to uh, CraigVetter.com? That's
1: what they should do. And if they want a Honda Helix, call me. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, in, in, in lieu of the. Would you autograph it, though? In, sure. lieu, <laughs> in lieu of the Craigslist porn pick of the week that we do every week, Craig Vetter. Himself has a Honda Helix for sale. Now this one has not been streamlined. This
1: is the way Mr. Honda made it. This is fifteen hundred dollars. This is the same fifteen hundred dollars yeah. I paid for it a couple years ago. I just cleaned it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> did, you, did you ever meet Soichiro Honda at all? No, no. He, uh, he retired before we actually made
1: fairings for Honda. Oh, cool! In the yeah. in the seventies, in the, uh, it's a, a nice story all by itself.
5: And he had retired and stepped out before. I never had a chance to meet him. Mm-hmm. The, oh, the cool. coolest 10-second story is Craig would get the paint schemes for the GL1000 two years before anybody else knew what color they are going to be. Wow. I, I knew there was a GL1000 before anyone knew there was a
1: GL1000. Well, <laughs> at,
0: at the Quail Lodge, they had the history of the, the Goldwing, and the first one was a naked bike. And then the next one looked completely different. Yeah. The next one looked what like what we think of as a big touring bike now, yeah. and that was with the Vetter the fairing and the gear that's what you got so you yeah. created that look yeah. too
2: what yeah, color was that Is it like a dark tan light tan or the yellow? first
1: yellow was the turquoise turquoise mm-hmm. first, oh wow the first yellow was no, turquoise no, no, with wow. uh with uh gold and orange striping it was beautiful beautiful but nice. there was one there at, at quail by the way it's nice year.
0: yeah so just before we get out does anyone else have any other questions they want to throw out
8: you got one chance, man. Sad. Oh, man. Let's so, go If, if I, I were to order a kit today, how much would it cost from you guys?
1: Well, the nose uh, the nose parts would be about, I know, I'm know. i guessing now, probably uh, um, $1,800 for the nose parts. Okay. The tail parts, um, another 600 probably. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing right around that. I'll give you a deal. You want all of them, we'll give you a deal. <laughs> right. Well, my motorcycle's
8: and, were $700. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, then
1: should leave you with a lot of money for streamlining.
0: Right. <laughs> and, and. and but, hey, you get free lodging for the six months it takes to put right. it together, right? And,
1: and you'll save a lot on gas, <laughs> too. You just
0: may have to yeah. paint a bathroom or two. It's that That's thing know
5: It's a labor of love, and it will take you a winner. So, so here's the biggest thing to take away from this radio show is, if shit ever hits the fan in the world, call Craig Vetter right away. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the first zombie attack, I'm heading yeah. down to Carmel. Your,
5: your bug out bag will include fiberglass parts. <laughs>
4: actually, when it comes to streamlining, the the electric motorcycles are much easier to streamline. You don't have to worry about heat, yeah, no radiator, and oh, right. So That's yeah. something to think about. You no, can really does. cut the corners on
3: electric, which. No uh, lock nuts because they don't vibrate, apparently. Actually, we, we built,
4: <laughs> we built uh, Terry's first streamliner in eight days at, at 24 hours with oh, uh, right. a team of people. Yeah, we complete.
3: did. Yeah, eight
5: days. Start. I, left, to I left across the country without sleeping across the country, and I hadn't slept for four days before that. Going no oh.
1: on the bike. yeah. Dude, and it was Virginia Tech, two Virginia Tech students
5: that helped yeah. us do that, too. Yeah.
0: So, and Terry, if people want to reach you or see what you're doing
5: facebook.com forward slash electric terry instagram electric terry twitter slash electric terry just just search electric terry
0: you are all over the place you got a wikipedia page man
5: hey <laughs> that started because adrian made a comment on this radio show back in october <laughs> <laughs> asked about wikipedia said no and then somebody up in canada there did, you go 300 people pitched in
2: maybe they have to thank those welcome. canadians that, yeah, that could have been re, that could have been recycled and,
0: and alan how about you what's that if people want to follow you oh uh, Since you are the current reigning champ, yeah.
4: Uh, Craig's website. I don't. I, I'm not too busy riding, and building bikes. <laughs> you know, you should get an agent. Yeah.
0: Well, I am going to put a link to Craig to your website because I found it really fascinating. I don't know if you've done that work, but it's very well organized. It's an archive of everything you've done, and especially everything you are doing now. Yeah. It's really fascinating.
1: Thank you. I do it. I don't think you can afford to pay anybody to do a webpage. You have to learn how to do that mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. And I'm, when we get home tonight, I'm going to put Alan and Terry's latest stuff up so it'll be uh uh tomorrow night <clears throat> all good stuff tomorrow night i'll spend most of t- most of tomorrow on it for you cool
0: cool well i think that wraps it up i want to thank everyone for listening yeah thanks uh, for everybody. coming down and Thanks for the especially really for you guys coming hey zach you want to tell people how to reach us oh wait before
2: oh. we do that can we talk about how this guy here is came from texas and he that's came sure, up here to do Peter. his vows uh,
8: yeah i was thinking about it i think everybody if you have a chance you should definitely come and stop by. get closer to the mic a little bit yeah. right.
5: where are you in texas
8: uh well i'm actually living in boulder and my bike was in the barn in huntsville texas
5: i saw i saw your bike you got the big uh sleeping bag on the back and <laughs> yeah just yeah. like everything oh, Road that's awesome, it. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it.
8: And some pipe clamps and like threaded rod for highway pegs but uh, the shop, I'd heard you guys on a couple of podcasts, and I just really wanted to come out and I needed to do a valve inspection because I'm right around 60,000 miles. And I showed up at the shop, didn't know anybody. Yeah. You guys handed me tools, helped me out with my questions. What are you, you ready? What's up? What are you ready? Oh, I'm on a 2001 FZ1, the first generation. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. I, I dragged him into the side room and gave him. Yeah, they gave some me boots. boots.
8: So <laughs> nice. that's that's a suggestion. If you have any old gear, send it these people's way, because someone, some random dirt bag, will wear the
0: boots. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, and um, the dirt bag awesome that place. gave them to you is right next to you. Yeah. That'd be Stan. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He was the he's the Food size home. of every man. Yeah. I find.
8: I've got Stan's knee pads on. So right
5: the 10-second answer: <laughs> When did you
8: get here? When did you arrive? Uh, I yeah. arrived here at eleven this morning. I slept well, in Begster. and When did you leave Texas? Um, like three weeks ago. Okay, been taking my time. Okay, you know, So you've been listening to this rivers. radio show for a long time down in Texas a fair amount of time Well down in Boulder um, oh, yeah. because cool. there's snowy didn't have time to ride. So it's just you know, well, very cool Very cool, cool but make it out to the shop if you can. Yeah,
5: it's awesome Lies, yeah. you're, you're worldwide. Yo, you're <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> number one in Pakistan I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> uh, our, yeah,
0: our numbers have been slipping, Wait, but I think that'll go up in aren't September you going to Pakistan. Yeah, I just bought my ticket to Pakistan oh, yeah. Yeah. Give, give us
5: a 30 second lay down on this thing.
0: Oh, you know Well, we'll do a podcast on it and we have done the Barfistan uh, podcast and the yeah, Pakistan I, Rediscovered.
5: I heard that. I heard him talking
0: um, about it, Yeah, yeah going to go ride the local 150cc bikes not made for off-roading. We're going to take them up on river crossings and death roads and up into the Himalayas. It's going to be awesome. Yeah.
5: I'll get Zero to ship me a bike over there. I'll join you. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> That would be sweet. Well, cool. Um, since Nock, you're the one who butted in, you tell people how to reach us.
2: All right. You can find us at com for our podcast. Facebook.com forward slash Recycle Santa Cruz. Recycle Motorcycle Garage at gmail.com if you want to send an email. We got a call in number
0: 831 <laughs>
2: <Doug's> 291.
0: smiling. 5112. <laughs> i'm waiting to kick doug i'm waiting to order kick doug. pizza yeah! <laughs> <Very good. laughs> so leave cool. us an
2: intro uh tell us your stories whatever man order pizza yeah
0: <laughs> yeah so again thanks everyone for listening and um i know we've had some recent um reviews on itunes thank you very much yep. that helps keep leaving iTunes. them i love it so on that note this is liza hey,
5: i'm still present douglas mm, bagel i am zach Alan. Pat. Craig. Go electric up, Terry. (laughs) This is Doc. And Cat. Stan. And Peter.
0: And we're out.
8: Cool, cool. Cool, cool.